You're listening to a volunteer-produced podcast from Redemption Story Church. If you'd like to check out other resources or learn more about Redemption Story Church, visit our website at redemptionstory.com. Hi, and welcome to the Redemption Stories podcast. Our ultimate hope with this podcast is to glorify God by sharing about His redemptive work in our lives as believers in Jesus Christ. Each week, Kristen Else will host a member from our local body who will share about God's work in their life. We hope this encourages you and deepens your affections for God and your brothers and sisters here at Redemption Story Church. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Redemption Stories podcast. Today I am here with the one and only Stephanie Halford. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Fun fact for you all, Stephanie and I on New Year's Eve was our 10-year friend anniversary. That's right. She didn't acknowledge it and I'm a little bitter. Well, I think you meant to post something sweet on Facebook, but I didn't know what you meant. I thought it was intended to be rude, so I didn't comment on it. No, it was. It was rude. it was rude on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was rude to yourself. It was rude to myself. Yes. So you didn't you didn't give me the time of day, Stephanie. Um, yeah, ten wonderful, ten wonderful years. years. <laughs> but uh, we'll yeah. end up in the nursing home together. We will. Soon. I'm oh, so excited. Soon. I know <laughs> the card games. <laughs> me too. We'll play. Uh, it'll just and be like the, the betting when we live together. Go on. Oh, a hundred percent. Sorry, everyone All else. Christian betting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you're against it, we only. I don't know what we would bet with, but anyways, not the point. Uh, this... How long Neil's sermons will go. <laughs> oh, Neil, I'm so sorry she said that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone for having to listen this far to the podcast. But uh, on a serious note, Stephanie, tell us about how you came to know the Lord. Well, it's hard to transition to... It really is. It's a hard drop. <laughs> Especially when I'm looking at you. <laughs> face uh, to face. Um, yeah, I can say that... Um, my mom took me to church at a young age and I heard the gospel clearly at a young age. And I just remember having a childlike faith, um, from as early as I can remember. And that faith, obviously, um, maturing and growing in different life circumstances, um, showing me, uh, how that faith is my own, but I, I can't remember, a time when I didn't know Jesus or believe who he was. Yeah. Um, and so I don't necessarily have, like many people talk about how that, remember it's February 9th. Absolutely. 1995 yeah. or whatever. But um, I just remember never not knowing Jesus, which yeah. I'm very grateful for. Praise the Lord. Yeah. One of my favorite things and one of my favorite stories of Stephanie is that she's had deep convictions since she was a small child. She used to write letters to the head of the Methodist church, right? Well, I went to a Methodist church in high school. Even oh, high school. Why did I think you were in elementary? Um, well, in elementary school, this is a funny story, since you were telling me to think of funny stories. Right. And I apologize if I offend anybody of this denomination, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to a lot of different kinds of churches. Yeah. Up. And when I was in first grade, I went to an Assemblies of God church. Yeah. And in the children's ministry... Um, they would, you know, touch people on the forehead in big church and mm-hmm. sometimes doing mm-hmm. children's ministry and um, you would faint or be slain in the spirit. Yeah. Um, and I so desperately 
wanted to be slain in the spirit that during worship, I was about six. Mm. I fell backwards pretending to be slain in the spirit Mm. and fell asleep. (laughs) Being awoken to my mom and the pastor waking me up. And I'm pretty sure I lied to them and said, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. (laughs) But I mean, I think I just wanted, I so badly wanted what they had. Yes. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, I always say, don't put God in a box. I have a charismatic side to me. So no offense there. (laughs) None, none. Um, All right. So today we're going to be talking about anxiety and OCD and especially how that's manifested in the last couple years with the birth of your daughter, Anna. Mm -hmm. So you want to tell us a little bit about what that's looked like? Yeah. Um, so 18 months ago, I had a precious baby girl who's mm-hmm. the most rewarding thing um, in my life. And um, I would say that I didn't struggle with postpartum depression in the more um, kind of stereotypical sense. It, right. Um, I know there are different categories, um, but mine stemmed from... OC, OCD I've had my whole life. Yeah. Um, and anxiety that OCD inevitably causes. Absolutely. <clears throat> but I didn't realize I had um, OCD until um, my postpartum experience. That's Absolutely. Kind of what brought it all to life. And then my whole life made sense. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think for a long time I wanted to deny that I had OCD. Yeah. I just wanted to label it anxiety because that's a lot in some ways just more general to say. Yes. Um, but yeah, about three or four months postpartum, I, um, I mean, Anna was being a baby and what babies do, they, uh, struggle to sleep consistently for, um, hours on end, but she was kind of going through that four month sleep regression where she was waking up every hour through the night. And most people would be able to realize, Hey, that's, just a normal part of growing and sure. that kind of thing. Um, but for some reason, one really bad night just kind of made my brain um, just kind of latch on to this idea, a couple of different ideas. Um, one, you know, was the basic, what if I don't fall asleep before she wakes up? Mm. So then I was kind of constantly aware of, okay, well, if I don't sleep, she's going to wake up in two hours and I'm going to have to nurse her and take care of her. Right. And, then I, you know, inevitably wouldn't fall asleep. And then it kind of spiraled down into the thought of, um, well, if I don't sleep, what if I go crazy Mm -hmm. and am separated from her? Right, Um, right. And so once again, those those are intrusive thoughts. Yeah. They're um, lies. Yeah. There's all different terms for them. But in OCD... um, that's what you do. You you have the thought, and instead of kind of diffusing from that thought, you obsess. start believing it yeah. and obsess over it, and then that's what causes that. That's what caused the anxiety that actually is what kept me awake. Right, right. Um, was the anxiety that the thought itself produced, um, and I had no idea what was going on with me at the time. It was really, really bad. It was around Thanksgiving. And for about a month to six weeks, there were, you know, stretches of nights where I would be up all night for three, Mm -hmm. four nights in a row. And obviously that 
led to a kind of depression that was more sleep induced. Absolutely. I didn't have an appetite. I luckily was living with my mom at the time and obviously my husband was there too. And I'm so thankful for them because they helped me and stepped in for me and that kind of thing. But I didn't see a way out in the sense of like, I thought something was really, I didn't even associate it with mental health. Sure. I just thought it was a sleep disorder all of a sudden in that. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, and so, uh, a couple weeks into that or maybe a week or so, I talked to somebody at our church, um, who has a lot of wisdom and just kind of told them that I was struggling with this and, you know, trying to make it apparent to people like this isn't just me losing sleep because I have a baby. It's right. Like I'm not sleeping at all. Absolutely. The baby is sleeping. Um, and so she just recommended that I go see my OB, my doctor yeah. and tell them what's going on. Um, and then I already knew I needed to get into therapy. Sure. Which I've done, um, sporadically throughout my life because yeah. I've always had the anxiety. Um, and, um, when I went to the doctor, actually saw the PA and, you know, she recommended, Hey, we can, we can start you on, you know, a low dose anxiety medication. I think that's the issue that's going on here. And I think once that kind of gets in your system, those thoughts will, that will help you diffuse from the thoughts and you'll be able to sleep. Yeah. Of course I'm sleep deprived. So I'm sobbing. Yeah. I kind of always had this ideal in my head of, well, even though you struggle with these things, you'll never have to be on medication mm, because yep. it's such a stereotype sometimes, I feel like, yeah. in the world we live in. One, in the church, mm-hmm. um, just as Christians, you know, we want to have faith and believe in God and never feel like we would have to depend on something else other than the Spirit Absolutely. to um, go through trials. And then also in the health and wellness world that we're in that I actually really respect and, you know, I find a lot of, um, help in that. And, you know, the more natural things and healthy foods and those kinds of things. Can, the crunchy. Yeah. Crunchy, part crunchy. Of you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not full crunchy, but she's a on, good chunk of crunchy. But like, I like to say I'm on the spectrum somewhere between crunchy and soggy. That's true. Yeah. That's an accurate statement. But I do think there is merit to, Hey, if you eat good foods and you heal your gut, like absolutely those things affect your brain, yeah. your brain chemistry and all that. But anyway, when you're in crisis, you don't always have time to heal your gut before. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kidding. Um, or if you've experienced trauma, you know, PTSD, those kinds of things, you know, but from a divine miracle from the Lord where he just, you know, Absolutely. through Jesus says, I'm going to heal your brain, then the only thing that might help you is medication. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's actually good and right. It's a grace from the Lord. It is. And I had to... Um, come to terms with like how I judged myself and mm-hmm. how I perceived other people might judge me. Yeah. Um, and then therapy, I think people might be so quick to say therapy is so great. Um, if it is, if it's what you need, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I think honestly everybody should go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree. My counselor, it was the first time I had had a counselor that, um, actually, um, I mean, she was a believer, but she gave me insight and a game plan for what actually was going on in mm-hmm. my brain. Like the actual, um, it wasn't necessarily cognitive behavioral therapy, but it was 
a different method, but it was like that. Yeah. Where she actually gave me tangible homework to do and not just kind of this ethereal, let's talk about why you're anxious and how, try not to be anxious anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That always works. Getting to the root of, um, what OCD is and, um, helping me through that. So it was a long road, but the combination of both therapy and medication, um, really helped me get out of that season. And then obviously like, you know, Anna learning to sleep better and that kind of thing. So, um, I mean, I'm doing a lot better. I can still struggle from time to time just with insomnia because of the experience I've had. But, um, I can say the Lord used, those people to point me to those good graces from absolutely to help me pull me out of the darkest place I've ever been yeah. in. And I think that's what we need to encourage people in really when they're struggling in really dark seasons um, or in places like that, we need to point people to who are professionals and who know what they're talking about and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and Obviously, that's accompanied by pastoral ministry. Absolutely. Um, But I think if it weren't for the wisdom of people pointing me to Christ and pointing me to um, good Christian counselors and um, good doctors, I don't... I I might have gone crazy. Right, yeah. And so I think when you're looked in the face of... um, you know, if somebody's struggling that terribly and you think it might be sin that's going on in their lives, um, that could very well be true. But if they're on the brink of um, having suicidal ideations or anything like that, right? Um, then isn't it worth going, doing what you need to do with medication absolutely, um, and therapy and the things that help our brains and help our brain chemistry rather than um, have these ideals sometimes that I think are really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense and I do understand the stigma around it. I mean, you know my story. Um, But I think, gosh, I'm grateful, right, that you were able to get help and that your friends pointed you to the right place Um, and that you didn't go crazy because you and sweet little Anna together is one of my favorite things. Yeah, she's my favorite. Yeah, she's pretty cute. Um, how did that season of, well, I mean, it's an ongoing season, but how did that particular season when things were bad um, affect your relationship with the Lord? Um, yeah, so uh, first I would just say like in kind of what some people will say in a season of suffering or in a valley, you are so desperate that you actually draw closer to the Lord yes, in yeah. some ways, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have never more in my life so desperately cried out to him to help me sleep. Yeah. And, you know, reading verses that say, hey, you know, I give my beloved sleep. Yes. You know, clinging to that promise, asking the Lord, um, asking him to help me believe truth, help me learn how to diffuse from these intrusive thoughts and not so quickly cling to them because it could be any thought and some thoughts are intrusive and you, I don't even give them a second chance. So why is it this thought? Yes. Yeah. Help me not believe this lie from the enemy because that's what it is. Yeah. Even though 
it's maybe a brain chemistry thing. Yeah, well, it is a brain chemistry I mean, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I can look back and see like the Lord so significantly answered my prayers, um, but never wanting to go back to that place again. Yeah, like, it's absolutely. So often in suffering, that happens. Um, but I'm reading this book right now called Hind's Feet on High Places, and it's um, a classic kind of allegory story where she talks about um, much afraid, wanting to go to the high places and be with Jesus and experience the joyful mountaintops. Yeah. And he gives her two companions to make that journey, and they are sorrow and suffering. Mm. And so um, it's sometimes like a hard reality to accept that you know on this walk with Christ that yeah. we're promised sorrow and suffering and um we have one another to encourage each other and obviously the spirit with us um to minister to us and um help us but um yeah i think i was you know clinging to the lord with all that i could i don't know if i could say i suffered well but just yeah. clinging and asking and begging him to help me. Yeah. Um, reading just little Psalms, like what I could, yeah. that's all I could do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, just a quick plug, shameless plug for women's Bible study. If you want to learn yes. more about suffering this semester, come join us for first Peter. Yes. January 23rd, starting at 7 PM. You can sign up online or in the app. So <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. What would you say to other people now that you've been on this side of it? How would you counsel other people um, who are walking through something similar, whether it's OCD, depression, or whatever, whether it's they just had a baby or never had a kid, whatever that looks like for them? Um, how would you encourage them? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say um, talking about it obviously helps. I, you know, I, I say all the time with people who have had kids, cause this was my first child. Everybody talks so much about, you know, pregnancy and labor and delivery. Nobody talked to me about how, how hard postpartum was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was way harder than anything else, um, for me just with this like crazy love I have for this other human being, but that's also dependent on me and kind of the intrusive thoughts that come with that. Yeah. But um, the things that help me that I think would help others is one being a part um, of a Bible believing um, grace grace filled church absolutely with um, community that you can go to when you're in really hard seasons um, ones that will point you to Christ and encourage you check in on you you know cry with you on the phone or in person. Yeah. I mean, you've experienced all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. At a church, at our church and yeah. at many churches that do that. And um, I would, you know, definitely recommend counseling yes. in any kind of, um, any kind of season, whether yeah. <laughs> you're having a really hard one or not. And then obviously they and your doctor can assess whether you need more than that. But I would definitely start out with um, community and, therapy there's that sweatshirt that goes around that says like jesus plus therapy yes you know and it's like god the holy spirit is our counselor is our comforter and he has gifted people just like he's gifted pastors with preaching and teaching and people with encouragement and administration he's gifted people to be good counselors and so use the gifts that the body of christ has um people that know also um 
the anatomy and physiology of your brain. Yeah. 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 The combination of those two, I think, is helpful because we are physical and spiritual beings. Absolutely. No, I think that's great. And I think that's an encouragement, especially for new moms. And it's a lot of work. I've never had a kid, and I'm just watching my friends go through it. I'm like, man, this yeah. is tough. Yeah, a wonderful gift, no but also so tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you're married to Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hotty. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie Halford, everyone. Um, how has this season or that season of just suffering affected your relationship with Nathan? And what does it look like um, to support your staff, your staff, spouse, sorry, everyone, <laughs> support your spouse well in them? Yeah. Um, yeah, to be honest, I felt so helpless in that season of like, I'm used to having a plan and um, like checking things off and remembering what I need to do and when I need to do it and how I need to support my family that I felt like utterly helpless. And um, Nathan was just so kind and gentle and patient with me in all of it. And I mean, he was there with me when I didn't sleep, Yeah, you know, and him waking up, you know, the reality of it, him waking up the next morning and, you know, me saying I didn't sleep again and him, you know, obviously being very flabbergasted at that because he couldn't understand it. Right. Um, but didn't want me driving or those kinds of things. Yeah, like yeah. the very practical things of it. Um, but I will say he had people reach out to him as well. Um, men who uh, care about us and care about him and yeah. obviously knew the toll it was having on me. So they knew the toll it was having on Absolutely. him. So I think making sure they have um, community and friends and pastors as well who will walk with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so helpful. Um, well, as we're wrapping up, I'm grateful for 10 years of friendship. Me too. Yes. Happy 10 year <laughs> friend anniversary. What a sweet gift from the Lord. Um, so sweet. Okay. Um, and wrapping up, um, as you were saying, if there's anyone who is walking through this season or struggles with these things, Stephanie would love to talk to you about them. Um, you can find her usually in the next gen department. Oh yeah. I forgot to completely say that you're the children's minister, but yep. That is also a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact. Yeah. But yeah, I just, yeah. And kind of what you're saying, like if you're struggling, don't do it alone. Make sure you tell somebody. And if you don't know me and you want to tell somebody else, tell somebody else. Just make sure you tell somebody if you're struggling because, um, uh, it's it's really hard to do alone, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, before we go, can I pray for you? Yeah, Father God, I thank you for Stephanie and Nathan and sweet baby Anna and what a gift they are. Lord, I pray um, that as Anna continues to grow and that you would just fill their life with so much joy, Lord, that they would um, get to see glimpses of you through their relationship with each other and through the growth of their child. Lord, I pray um, for um, continued healing from Stephanie in all of these ways. And I thank you for the help that you got her in those days. And I pray for anyone else, Lord, who is walking in that season of life right now, that you um, would rally around, rally friends around them to support them and that you would help them get um, whatever help that you've laid out for them, Lord. Um, I pray they would know that this is a safe place to come um, with those fears and worries um, and a safe place just to ask for help. And so, yeah, I 
thank you for Stephanie. I thank you for the work she does with our children. Pray that you would bless that ministry, Lord, um, that many children might come to know you. And we just thank you, um, yeah, just for time together, Lord. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen.